Oh, goodness gracious. You when know, I was younger and I wore them. Is this not a too. fun time of year? I love it. I do too. If you just decide not to get too caught up in the craziness. So l- let, me, let me suggest a few things just for this time of year. Go to the mall, find someone who's old and tired. No, I don't mean me. I'm talking. <laughs> find someone who is sitting there and they're on the, the bench in the mall or something like that and just sit down and have fun with them. Chat up, talk about something. No, don't give or them a drink. Or have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Offer them a Guinness, yes. Yeah. It Do is it. fun, though. You know, the different things that, you know, kind of, I like Christmas music really sets the stage for me, and I love Christmas music. But, you know, when I start seeing the lights going on in the neighborhood and, you know, you start kind of, the cooler weather helped, I have to say, you know, a few weeks back, or was it a week? I don't know. It seemed like yesterday it was like 85 and we were running the air conditioner, and then within 24 hours, man, we had the freeze factor happening. Well, we had our party last week, and that yeah. was incredibly crazy. Really cold. Fire pits. We had fire pits at the party, and that. Oh, that you know fun. what's so fun about fire pits? It's probably, They work. They work. What do you think about those, Glenn Bob? The fire pits really, really work. Yeah, and yeah. we even did a temporary fire pit, which is something anybody can do. Oh, and that thing was great. We made a huge temporary fire pit. We just stacked up some of the block that you use for block walls and things like that. You can pick the blocks up at um, any of these big box, box stores, stores or nursery yeah. or something. But it was, we used the, the material we used for box wall, and it was big. It was probably about six by six. Got a lot of wood in there. Now, it was okay till they started dancing in it. I know, I know. <laughs> well, you know, we have a wild group at those parties. It was so windy, you know, they danced in the ashes where, you know, it was a mess. <laughs> it was something. <laughs> no. But if you've got a big backyard and you're willing to give up a little bit of grass, Get a big fire pit there for a big occasion. How big can you make one? I wouldn't go any bigger than the one we had there, about six by six. And that way you can stand by it. You've got the fire well contained. Lots of people can get around it. It's in, If the wind blows, you can always get on one side of it and still have enough people there. Well, you just said if you're willing to give up some grass, and frankly, I could give up quite a bit of grass. Well, because you're going to lose some of your grass because you're going you to set this fire pit up in the middle of your lawn probably for a gathering area. And then, you know, every place where you've got that. So you're going to give up a six-by-six six area, which means, dag nabbit, come spring when things warm up, you're going to have to go buy a little bit of grass, probably, you know, $25 worth of grass to put down the replacement. You know, it. it's fun because when you have people over, you've got to give them things to do or, you know, inspire conversation between strangers. You know, and a fire pit will do that when you take, you know, a couple couple people out by the fire pit. <laughs> sorry. What? I was saying inspire conversation amongst Strangers, and that's a good thing. Usually, when I get involved, I inspire arguments among friends and family. <laughs> family. <laughs> I need to twist that a little bit and go back to the the friendly conversation among strangers. Yeah. That's what I need to work on. Yeah. Rather than arguments amongst friends. <laughs> don't start any tension at the house. Save the good glasses, right? Oh. No, it is fun. We're talking about favorites, though, today. And I think at Christmas time, you know, I always like to look back through the year and say, what, you know, what was our favorite job or the favorite water feature we did or favorite plants? And what are your favorite plant combinations? Fla- oh, combinations. Yes. Wow. Um, oh, well, we could just do favorite plants first. No, well, okay. My favorite plant probably is the Texas mountain laurel and um i think nathan that at the plant office, is he loves all that about too. you a texas mountain laurel yes that, that is just oh. I, I would i would guess that's your favorite plant really it's texas uh-huh. strong Stand and beautiful and there you it's go it's fragrant i love that and you fragrant yeah. yes yes i like the smells of texas mountain. i like that it goes unnoticed until it's necessary and then you see it and then it's like wow oh my gosh how did this thing that might be one of the most wow plants out there 
I just love it. That's my favorite. Aren't we flooded with phone calls every time those things bloom? What is that purple plant out <laughs> oh, there? What are those? Yeah, purple clusters. What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Probably the multi-trunk live oak. Oh, it is. I love those trees. Isn't that funny? We both chose trees. I guess so. So do you have a favorite shrub? Um, golly, this is almost like that whole thing about picking one out when you say, I, I, I love plumbago. I love Ixora, mm -hmm. just for, yeah, I'd say those two might be two of my favorite. There's something about that blue during the summer when it's so hot and that blue colors out there. Isn't that funny? That's great. What about you? Camellia. I like the camellias because they're evergreen. <gasps> okay, so and now this I time like the of year, <laughs> Well, you know, this time of year, they're, they, they, they show their thing. Well, it's kind of like that Texas mountain laurel, though, right? You don't notice it until they bloom. And these camellias are out there. It's just a, a beautiful, evergreen, steadfast foliage. Now, you like the, you like the that, Yuletide best, don't you? No. Oh, which one I do don't. you like best? Um, that white one that's so beautiful. It's called something... Uh, um, the high fragrance? Well, or it's the, something. Uh, it's, oh, you're talking I'm about sorry. the camellia japonica. There. <laughs> oh, seafoam. Okay. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Oh, you like, why, the, you like the form of the seafoam. Why foam. they call it seafoam, I don't know, because it's crisp white, and it's very... Um... I think crisp white paper was taken, so oh, they had okay. to call it... <laughs> well, maybe so. <laughs> but it's beautiful. It's just... Um, anyhow, it's my favorite. But I love the geometric shape when it floats in water, and so... But there's so many things Well, see, that's, that's important. See, you like plants because you love making arrangements, and you like things you can cut and bring inside a lot. Oh. It's not always, but sometimes. Okay, but now if we do cut flowers, that's different. Oh, well... Okay. I guess so. That's different. Wait a minute. Can we stick up camellia? I love the shishi camellia. That dwarf camellia that's just knee-high, and it's in, it's, in that, it's in that group that's the uh, Sasanqua group, but it blooms. They're blooming right now. They bloom early. A lot of the japonicas, like you're talking about those big fat flowers, they bloom right later on, maybe after Christmas, going all the way through to When you think the nothing's happening out there and you go outside and there's always something changing in right, the garden. Always. Right. But the shishis are blooming now. I, lo I love using blue Pacific juniper around the shishi because of that, that color contrast between the blue-green of that ground-hugging juniper. And then you've got the, the beautiful deep, deep, deep pink flowers on those sasanquas. And, it's stunning, yeah. And you can use them in, in separate little plantings together. Or you can, uh, I mean, separate plantings where you have space between them. Mm -hmm. Or you can use them as a hedge where they just really go crazy. So I think that's a, a great plant. But... Now, cut flowers, you have different things you like to cut and bring inside. Not necessarily all flowers. You like shrubs you can cut and bring in, too. I do. I do. But, you know, I love hydrangeas. I oh, love yeah. hydrangeas. Did I tell you all that? I really do. <laughs> I do. But, you know, also the bird of paradise. I like to go out there. I like to use the foliage on that, too, though. I mean, I think it's fun to... People it's a miss nice out texture, on, right? Yes. Yes. It's a great backdrop. It's a great filler plant that shows off the other plants. And I think that's something to keep in mind if you're doing any kind of planting outside or even arrangements, contrast is where you get the interest. If everything, if you have all the same type of leaves, well, it gets kind of boring, but that leaf on the uh, on the uh, dwarf bird of paradise is a great plant or a great filler to go in amongst other things. In a it planting it, it has a lot of colors and that can, you know, pull in some other things even, but I think, I think cut flowers probably should be my favorite, even though I love the Texas Mount Laurel. Because if you don't have anything else in your yard and you just have, you know, grass and a Texas Mount Laurel. Even the plumes on grass, we've used both the plumes on the grass and the whole leaf blade on some of these ornamental grasses in arrangements. You can have the zebra grass as beautiful as just a long strip of grass to go into a, a fun arrangement that goes inside the house. The plumes on the purple fountain grass are beautiful, or the little bunny grass. Those are fun to work with. So you've done many things. You've taken these pieces of something that 
you don't even notice out in the landscape. You put them into this beautiful vase and you set it up on a table or a counter or the uh, the mantle on the fireplace. You go, wow, look at those. Just something just as simple, even the camellia blossom floating in a glass of water on the table or by the bathroom sink or something. But, you know, when we talked last week about um, how some of the, the guy from the Camellia Society, right, and mm-hmm. then the lady from the Audubon, both of um, their grandparents, their grandmother influenced right. both of them, him with camellias, and she only grew one kind of camellia. And then her other, you know, her grandmother introducing into her watching birds, and then she really got in it, kind of obsessive. But I think those things where you're you're triggered at some point. My grandmother had roses, you know, going into her You told me you used house. to get snagged on them, right? <laughs> Man, well, they thought I was allergic because I had allergies that time of year, and it seemed like I always went to her house right to school, you know, and her roses were in full blossom bloom up in Pennsylvania going mm-hmm. into her back door. So they thought I was allergic to my grandmother. It must be something in here. And my mother would say, mothballs. <laughs> I don't think I'm allergic to mothballs, Mom. But it was usually all the pollen. But she had so many colors of roses. And I think roses right now are so striking. They're blooming in my yard at the house right that now. That cold spell it's really got cold. them going. Yeah. It's just like awesome. So I, I think roses are fun, too. I love roses and combinations. Some of my favorite combinations of plants are where you get three or four different things together, and you'll you'll see them in the design. Quite often, I'll start using. I start off with combinations of plants and fill in between them. So, there is one combination I love that I really used a lot in the earlier years of some of the work we did, and then I kind of got away from it. But I, I think maybe it's I don't know maybe cooking's that way too, where you start using one thing and you get away and you come back to it. But I love you really using... eating Italian all the time or Mexican food, right? <laughs> Yeah, but the uh, Savannah holly tree is probably the best berrying tree out there of all the berries it has on it. And if you keep it cut back a little bit, it will get real thick and full. And I love those trees with the pride of mobile azaleas behind them and the red ruffle azaleas in front of them. Because when you've got just the holly berries, they're beautiful, but then the red ruffles bloom early on. They're beginning to bloom now, so you've got the winter bloom on the red ruffles. You've got all the beautiful red berries and the holly. And then in the spring, those Pride of Mobile blooms with the huge, huge, intense pink flowers open up on the backside. So you're covered with deep pink blossoms on the back, the red of the red ruffles in front, and they're shorter. And then you've got the hollies right in between kind of punctuating the, the color of the red berries. And it's just such a great backdrop for, for so many different um, other planting arrangements or a backdrop just in your yard. It's just great. And I, I love how those things come together. A combination. You did one years ago um, with the the Japanese black pine. I love Japanese black pine. You know what? I haven't used those in such a long time. It was a yard. I, I probably ten or twelve years ago. It's the first time I'd ever seen you put in Jack, Japanese black pine. And you probably laugh because everybody goes pine trees. Ah, but these black pines were very very striking in this yard. But you had done something very um, unique and interesting, so it looked like it had always been there. Well. Japanese black pine, if people are not familiar with them, it's, it's a dwarf pine. It's almost a pine shrub. Now, I don't mean knee-high shrub, but they'll grow anywhere from, you can keep them at about four feet, and they'll grow up to almost 12 feet. But it's a thicker, um, stiffer, contorted pine. So it does tie into the native look because you have native pines around. Then you have these other pines which are a little bit different, but still tie into what's already out there. You had bought them in, you know, different sizes, gallon sizes. So we had the very big, tall, probably 12-foot. Had did. that size. I Somewhere think we had a six-footer or yeah. nine. Yeah. So we had them so they're clustered and in groups like that. there were three, and then you did Mama some... bear, papa bear, and baby yeah. bear. Yeah. <laughs> but we so. had like a boulder cluster kind of back there, too. And 
you know, the grassy berm, but you did some other plantings with it. It's a know. simple way to get an interesting look where you have the different size pines and you have the little berm, some big rock outcroppings, like you said. I think we may have had maybe, uh, there was a small bed there. We had some dwarf yield pond, but it also works out great, some juniper. But it gives you all these different shades of green. If you think about the Japanese black pine, a dwarf yield pond, and the uh, prostrata juniper together. And then all it takes is one little cluster of color just to go pow, and it opens and up this area. anything at all, yeah, just some annual color, anything that's really successful, and so that's it, something you could change out. And it's low maintenance. It's such a low maintenance, um, great impact area that you can use that for a focal point. And it does really, really well with lighting, too, where you can do some beautiful lighting in the pines and... And anything was kind of show off the rolling grass area around it. Well, so. that that is kind of funny that you brought up lighting because I think um, out of the different types of lighting that can be done in the yard, mm-hmm. what is your favorite thing to do? I love the mix of two kinds of lights. I love the moonlighting where you get up high into the trees and you give that just that that drifting of light over an area where it's not intense, but it's just enough of a glow that if you're out there by yourself, you can see where you're going. And it creates shadows, branching patterns on the ground. But I like to add to that the low-voltage lighting, and especially with all the LED lights we have now, things where you can highlight a fountain. Sometimes we have fountains where we have the lights that go down into the water, and, well, if it's a hidden basin fountain with a big urn and a plume of water, it highlights the plume coming up out of the fountain. I love to highlight rock crevice areas where there's that, that light coming down. You've got a very, very interesting shape of rock or boulder or just the crevice in it looks really interesting a few plants around it maybe just a couple of agapanthus or maybe you know some type of uh, strappy grass is close to it and highlight an area where you've got that intense contrast so i love doing that or even the light in uh maybe you've got that that moonlight which is bathing the whole area but you intensify the light on a on the up light maybe on the multi uh multi-trunk uh um, mountain laurel something like that so I love mixing the lighting together to create not only this this soft light over the whole area, but then you intensify the light in different areas too. So it kind of pulls you through the garden. That's funny. I think that, uh, you know, women and men differ in some things that are important about lighting. You know, most of the time they'll say, oh, they, women want security. I want the lights to come on when I come home or I want to make sure that, you know, the steps are highlighted or when my mom comes over, I want to make sure that, you know, she's got a lighted path to the door. And Or, you know, we're always thinking safety. Kids are, you know, important to us. Our parents are important to us. And then us, too. We're scared to come home by ourselves, right? So we're always... Always thinking safety and lighting. (laughs) But when you go out there, you know, it's just not like a light on a stick. And, you know, sometimes we get caught up as women looking at the fixture, the lighting fixture, you know, don't you think? Oh, my gosh. You know what? That is funny. But, yes, that does happen. I don't even... I don't care about the fixture because I, mm-hmm. I don't even want to see the fixture. Yeah. I want, well, I want you don't to... want to notice it during the day. You don't want to see a bunch of lamps out in your yard, right? And then, and then at night, it shouldn't be important at all because you shouldn't see it at all. You should just, you should just notice or feel the lighting. You should, you should just be able. You shouldn't have to say, "Wow, I hope we can get the lights turned on," right? <laughs> you, you, you just want to walk out and it be, you know, that gradual coming on, that moonlighting that you talked mm-hmm. about. That this is simply comes on, and you, you think the moon's out and it's so bright out. And you know what I, I, I don't like to do is once Christmas is over and all the packages or whatever we're done giving or the parties it's over and you get into january and you're starting to rethink that new year i don't want to look back and think oh i wish we had taken you know someone over i wish i'd gone by to see or wish i'd you know invited so and so y'all y'all don't miss that moment i think it's it's important to have people over 
and uh, use your time. That's our most valuable thing, right? We're not we're not given that. Oh yeah, I look back every year, say, how come I didn't go back and look at that job again and see those people? You know, that's I think that's very hard for us as we get to know our clients so well, and then well, we have to keep moving on and keep moving on. You think, golly, I love that garden I built, and I really love the people we built it for. Exactly. You I know, just it, want to go back and, and visit with them hard, and sit in though, their too, yard. Because, you know, we're, we're working for them, but we, we love them so much. And all of y'all, I, you know, you guys know that, you know, we, I probably call too much or, we, you know, we talk too long on the phone or we, we get to know your family and the exciting things that are happening, the new babies that are born, the new grandparents that have become or the new situation that we, we see surprises happening. And anyhow, we, we get to be a part of the family. And so we do love y'all so much afterwards. Okay, we're going we're gonna to break into a little something here. Because, remember I was making those notes about the joys of a livable garden? Yeah. And now it's kind of, this is why it's so much fun to have a beautiful place to live, I think. Because when you have, it's great to go out there the very first thing in the morning and have that that cup of coffee and you're sitting out and you're watching the, the sunrise come up and it hits the camellias. There's something about looking at the dew on the roses when the sun hits them. I mean, to me... That, that is the best therapy in the world, that listening to that little soft morning, trickle of water or, or the reflection. What I love is when the sun comes up and it's shining on, whether it's uh, the plantings or the trees, you, you catch that reflection in the water uh, of a pool or a pond. I love that. Yeah, and when beautiful. you get to create that for people, when you have a chance where you can go out there, even in the summer, and you're, you, you wake up and you go out in the garden and you watch the hummingbirds when they first wake up. And you see them go back and forth on the same little perch on the pineapple guava tree. And then they disappear and they come back and they sit on the pineapple guava. And you're sitting, I remember being in the pool with the office because, well, I would use the pool very first thing in the morning. And I'd be out there and no one was there yet. And watching these hummingbirds go back and forth, I thought, I would have never seen that if it weren't, if I didn't have this place to go and start off the day where it was a little bit quiet, get in the water and go, wow, this it's is drawing wonderful. in of nature, right? Just oh, yeah. Or even going out, and, and you know, I've said many times how you'll go out and you'll wander around the house and get cuttings of things that you don't even notice when you see them on the plant. But when you bring them in and all of a sudden there's this little flower arrangement in the bathroom or a little flower arrangement on a little mantle, just a couple of coleus leaves and a few rose clippings and a piece of salvia. And, and somehow you throw all that together and boom, it's, it's, it's all looking wonderful. It's great to put together nooks and areas around the house where you can sit with different people. Maybe the neighbors and you, you sit out there and the driveway is more of a little courtyard area where you sit out front and you just gather because you happen to see everybody and you're sitting out there and before long there's six or seven people sitting there talking about how things are going for the week or just talking about the electric bill, you know, anything. Exactly, but right. you come together right. and you're actually, you're having FaceTime with people instead of Facebook with people. You know, wow. you're actually there and wow. you're talking with them. Ouch. Or, or, yeah. <laughs> right? or, or, or maybe it's mm -hmm. a uh, a courtyard where where moms with little kids have a place where they can go. It was always my idea, especially when you see moms that are struggling with two or three or four kids. It, aren't struggles easier with you're with someone else who's going through the same thing? Uh -huh. So if you all get together and, you know, you can sit there and you can be you on you got a... someone to run for the Kleenex or the baby wipes, <laughs> right? Or the Band-Aids or whatever it is. We... But it's just that place where you sure. can gather and the kids are doing something, but at least you can sit there and the moms can talk to another mom while you're both just losing your minds thinking that, is there anyone I can talk to that uses words that have more than one syllable? You know, <laughs> because mm -hmm. all day long it's just talking to the kids and you just need that time. But if you create the place, then it can happen. Or the place where where your kids can talk to your mom. 
grandparents and grandkids talking. It's hard to do that. A fire pit in a patio around a fire pit is a great place for that to happen. Two rocking chairs on a front porch. Oh, yeah. A swing. But but just setting up these areas or, or setting up places as kids grow up where they can start. I mentioned earlier in, in the show about rolling hills and rocks and, and dry stream beds and, 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 and bridges that go across and places where kids can jump and roll and fall and play. What a great play area that is for children to learn. Places where they can get up close and see a, a dragonfly where it hovers over a little fountain feature or a place where they can look at fish down in the water and grab at them. You know, where it's, they're having fun, they're getting wet. I mean, how many times do our grandkids play in the fountain out front in our house? We have this, we have this boulder, kind of a courtyard driveway and the boulder has drilled with holes in it where the water comes up and they love walking up and covering up the holes and and getting wet and, you know, big deal, big Mm -hmm. deal. They step on a few plants and crush them. Well, they'll remember what they smell like later on when they get older and say, hey, that reminds me. I think it's important. So those are the things which are so, so exciting or even going outside and using, um, color, uh, all the different colors of pansies and doing a color wheel out of them. You know, we had my daughter talk about, I mean, on and off all year long, talking about the uh, activities for kids out there and how fun it is. And you've done so many of them with with the kids and Josiah or and saying Emma what colors can or, we find in the yard yeah, and just pulling those and petals playing. off the plants. And, and also it gets them out of the house and gives them a chance to do something where their whole life isn't wrapped up in, in a computer game. But, but these are the things that, which doing a fun landscape, developing that livable garden, that's why I love it so much. It's developing places for the kids to be able to do this, where the grandparents can be, the grandkids can be, all ages get out there and they can enjoy being with each other, but also enjoy their own particular activities in a garden atmosphere. And that's what, it's exciting, even swimming pool design, it's the same thing. When you develop places in the pool, because a pool design is no different than a house design, really. You develop all these different areas in the pool where you've got the place with the little kids and they, they can swim four or five feet and get to a bench or they can sit in just six inches of water or the parents can sit there on the steps while they're watching the kids and you know have that place where they can do that. There's also a place for the youngsters to run and jump. You know, I, I still say the number one activity for, for boys anywhere from six to probably... 16. <laughs> 16. 25. 26. Did they ever really grow the up? The boys, but anyway, is uh-huh. running and jumping and making the catch that wins the football game. Well, it's a whole lot easier when they run. You see them do it. You have to give them a safe place to run, jump, and land in the water, trying to catch the Nerf football or the Frisbee or whatever, and give them that place where they can do that. Have places around the pool where different age groups can congregate and be in the shade so they don't melt during the summer. But... It's kind of, it's just, it's fun stuff. It's, that's probably why I love doing this work is you get to know folks, you develop places where they live. And then when you see them later on, they say, oh, we, we live in it. We can't, we can't come in. We want to stay out there. We just, we had this friend up the street that we did a work job for. She told Belinda that she was just going to, you know, forget it, get the sleeping bag. I'm not going in anymore. <laughs> I don't know why we took, we As soon as y'all are done, I'm, I'm packing it up. I've been <laughs> living out here in this backyard. And she was so excited. And she said, 24 hours a day, I'm just sitting out here. I'm going to take the week off and stay in my backyard. And she was really excited about it. I, I think about you triggered so many great thoughts and ideas, um, you know, with with those thoughts about how, you know, gathering in those different spaces or the, you know, the games and activities that we can do, even thinking back on your life and maybe a day that you spent with your mom. And we talked about that, you know, in the car <laughs> ride, right? Can you think back? Everybody's got something where you look back and you think of those moments that maybe a teacher impacted you and, and you know, gave you an inspiration to start reading 
or, you know, it was just the all of a sudden the light clicked on in mathematics. And you'll never forget that teacher who helped you or or that parent or that relative that you went for the summer and really grumpy old grandpa wasn't so bad after all. After you worked together doing one little thing and y'all sat down on the back of the pickup truck or whatever it was that united you with that one person. We can do it in our yards. I mean, we can do it. I, I stayed home one time with just my granddaughter all day, and all we did was play, and she wanted to do Barbies and things. And, you know, I wasn't wanting to do the Barbies, and I stopped myself and saying, let's just sit down let's do it. And then we started having a lot of fun of going out, and we picked flowers from the yard. I showed her how I used to do Barbies, and I'd make bouquets and look. And all of a sudden, we had such a great thing. She talks about it right now. She's five years old. We did it a year ago, and it made such an impact on her. She's so cute. And, you know, just taking the time to say let's forget the hustle and bustle of everything and you know sit outside for a little while walk through the yard let your granddaughter cut the you know the grapefruits off your grapefruit tree on the side of the house or your your lemon (laughs) or crush you know crush the mint we talked about the fragrances and how important i think that's a big difference between men and women i think men like fragrances but we love fragrances we love fragrant flowers we love the smell of mint and sweet olive and that texas mountain laurel has such a a sweet grape flavor that drifts across the whole property, you know, and so that that's a big difference between us, I think, because I was like, oh yeah, that does smell good. Oh yeah, that's but probably because like, I'm a weird guy then, because I love that stuff. Yeah, but well, I, you, I know you I'm are. not typical. I'm, I know <laughs> I'm not. He's yeah, not. I mean, you never look up typical and see me. That's, but you're you're very kind though. You know, you just saying sweet things about the flowers that I cut and bring in. I I do it because I love it, but now I do it because you love it. And <laughs> so sometimes when I don't want to go out there and do it, I think, gosh, you know, Sean loves this too, right? <laughs> look what I made you do. Yeah. No, you don't make. I mean, I love doing it, but you noticed it. I think that's important. Yeah, we're talking about things outdoors and memories. I remember doing the fire pit, and back when my mom was still alive, the first time she came out and sat around the fire pit with my kids, and she started telling stories about growing up and what it was like for her growing up in North Carolina where she didn't have any indoor plumbing, going on to get recruited to work for the FBI and what, you know, you remember that story where she wouldn't even let... I mean, she that secretarial pool. She wouldn't let the porter ho- hold her suitcase because <laughs> she didn't understand that he wasn't trying to Where's take it from her. he taking it? That's all I have. And then she got off the train in, in uh, Washington and realized that they were just storing the suitcase for her. I mean, she, my mom just had no idea. She rode the whole trip with fell asleep with her hand on the handle. And she sat there telling my kids stories, and my kids, all four of them, sitting there listening. And, and I remember getting into some stories, too. I thought, okay, Mom, you've had too many drambuies. I don't know that you want to be telling the kids this. But, but anyway, it was so fun. And that was probably when my kids bonded with their grandmother, was sitting around the fireplace, having her tell stories about in the garden. Well, back. it's becoming a real person, right? Right. And all of a sudden, it wasn't just Granny. It was, wow, you have, Granny had the same issues we have, just in a different time. Different so, time. That's the whole thing. You build these livable gardens so the families can come together, your friends can come together. Whether it's your extended family, whether it's your new adopted family that you're just hanging out with and having a good time, that's the key to that whole livable garden, a place that becomes part of your life and not just a maintenance drag. And that's what we try to do. And Hopefully we encourage you to do that. Um, if you don't use us, you're doing it on your own. You're making those places around the home that, that build those memories and are just really making it more fun to live, having a, a better, fun lifestyle around the yard, around the house, whether it's... Um, Places you live, places you're bringing, you're cutting things and bringing them in, or just places for other people to enjoy. 